Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Okay, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews 2 verse 1. The scripture says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. What this means is that we need to pay particular attention to things that we've been taught. Now, most times, it's easy for us to forget the things that we've been taught. And the scripture says, if we forget the things that we've been taught, what happens is that we will drift away from them. Alright? We will move away from them. So it's important that we pay attention. We give the more earnest heed, not just heed, but the more earnest heed. That means we'll pay very serious, particular attention to the things that we've been taught. So what's the purpose of the faith seminar? The first thing is that the purpose of the faith seminar is to remind us of the teachings around the subject of faith. It's amazing that in the kingdom, you cannot access anything except by faith. Okay, so one of the purposes of the faith seminar is to learn the basics of faith, the rudiments of faith, and how we can use um, faith to live our lives on earth. And then thirdly, it's, it's for us to open our hearts that in an atmosphere of faith, you know, we can begin to receive from the Lord. Alright, so it's important that from an atmosphere of faith, we can begin to receive from the Lord. Uh, one of my mentors in ministry used to say there's nothing, there's nothing such as faith that does not come. Every time you hear the word of faith, faith comes. And so when we set ourselves in a faith seminar like this, as you begin to hear the teachings around the subject of faith, you begin to understand that faith um, comes to you and then you're able to believe God or accept the things you need from God. So this evening, I'd like to look at the internal image of of the heart, the internal image of the heart, meaning the image that we form in our heart is very critical in receiving things from the Father. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. Matthew 9 verse 29. You know the story? The scripture says, Then he tossed their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be unto you. Alright? Now this was talking about, if we, let's start reading from verse 27. I want you to keep your eyes on your scripture. It's important that you pay attention to the scripture. It's, it's intentional that you look into the scriptures. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come unto the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he tossed their eyes, saying, 
according to your faith be it unto you. According to your faith. According to your faith be it unto you. Which means that whatever you can receive is based on the proportion of your faith. So that means that if you aren't receiving anything, it's simply because you are not exercising your faith. And this is very important because sometimes we always look at it as if, oh, God is favoring someone and God is not favoring us or things are happening for this person and things are not happening for us. But the scripture tells us that when these people came to meet Jesus, Jesus said to them, according to your faith, be unto you. That means that you would receive according to the measure of your faith. Now, when you got born again, everyone was dealt with the measure of faith. So there's nothing as saying that I don't have faith. No, every one of us have faith. When you got, you couldn't get born again without faith. Believing in Christ took faith. So you have the measure of faith. Are we together? Are we together? Come on, say, I have the measure of faith. Say it one more time. Say, I have the measure of faith. And that faith is enough. If you can exercise it, it's enough. Alright. So, it says, according to your faith, let it be unto you. And that's very important. Now, what determines what we receive from God is the fact that Christ has paid the price for it. What determines if we're walking in its reality is based on our faith. Now, I need to explain that because that's very important. What is it that qualifies us to receive from God? The major thing that qualifies us to receive from God is that the price has been paid by Jesus Christ. That's the number one qualifier. The number one qualifier is that the price has been paid by Jesus. So faith can only receive what grace has made available. Alright? Faith can only receive what grace has made available. So that means that uh, Jesus Christ paid the price for anything we're believing for. That means grace has made it available. Then our faith helps us to walk in the reality of it. Now let me explain this. For instance, I am sick in my body and I want to receive my healing. What is it that qualifies me to receive my healing? Because Jesus Christ had paid the price for my healing. Alright? So the price for my healing has been paid by Jesus. Now how do I receive my healing? I receive my healing by faith. How do I walk free from sin? The price to walk in righteousness had been paid by Jesus. So how do I walk in the reality of it? By faith in that price. So there is nothing that we want from God that has not been provided for. Are you still here? I said there's what? There's nothing we want from God that has not been provided for. God is not trying to see if he wants to heal you. God has healed you. God is not trying to see if he wants to prosper you. God has prospered you. God is not trying to see if, uh, if he can use you. No. The price for you to be usable in the kingdom has been paid. 
But how do you walk in the reality or the manifestations of these things? The only way we walk in the manifestations of these things is what? By faith. The scripture says, according to your faith, be ye unto you. That means, according to the proportion of your faith, according to the measure of your faith, you walk in the reality of it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Now, faith takes what grace has made available. Can we say that together? Say, faith takes what grace has made available. Let's say it one more time. Say, faith takes what grace has made available. Okay, so what makes it available? You just said that. Grace. Grace makes it available. Right? What makes it available? Grace. But what makes it, what makes you to be able to receive it? Faith. That's very important. Is it because that's where sometimes people are getting confused with grace and faith. Faith can only receive what grace has made available. But if it has, if it is available, it doesn't mean that you have received it. So you can be sick as a Christian, but healing is available. Alright? You can walk below your rights and privileges of who you are in Christ as a believer. It doesn't affect your salvation. You are saved. You are born again. But you haven't received everything that God has paid the price for. And, and that's why the faith seminar is all. To teach you how to receive by faith what, what grace has made available. So all the gifts of God are based on grace. Everything in God's word is based on what? Grace. We don't merit it. We don't deserve it. Well, we deserve it in a way right now because now because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then we deserve it because we are His righteousness. But then righteousness again is what? Is made available by grace. So everything we'll ever desire is available. There's nothing you need right now that God is going to say, Oh, well, we ran out of contractors yesterday. We'll try and fix it tomorrow. No. Everything you would ever desire is what? Is already available. That's very important, especially if you want to receive healing. Don't say, Oh, God, I know you're going to heal me. God is not going to heal you. God has healed you. Don't say, Oh, God, I wish one day I'm going to prosper. No, God is not going to prosper you. God has prospered you. So God is not going to. He has. You are the one that has to lay hold on it and walk in the manifestation of it. Are you still here? Alright. Let's get into... Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. I'll show you something there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. We're looking at the internal image of, of our hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God. Everything that God ever promised in Christ is yes and amen. That means in Christ there is no no. And that's very serious. In Him, all the promises have been rectified. Now, let me, let me explain this to you. It's like saying, some, I want to give Brother A some, some, some amount of money. Let's, let me use money because we all can relate to money. 
Now I say, okay, brother A, I'm going to give you such and such amount of money. But for you to receive this amount of money, you have to qualify, you know, maybe you have to pass 10 tests. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And when you pass those 10 tests, right, then you are qualified for the money. So I tried and I couldn't pass. Now, my brother comes and says, hey, you know what? I'm going to pass the test for you. You know, some of you do that. You, you know, some of you are working with other people's names. Yeah, that, that should teach you what Jesus has done for you. It's not a good thing, but you can, it, I think yeah, you, you will understand the lesson faster because some of you live that way. You, you answer one name at home and carry another name to work. So sometimes when they call you, you're like, which one should I answer now? Is this one from my work or, you know, this confusion everywhere. But then the guy comes in and say, hey, I'm going to pass the test for you, but I am, I'm doing the test on your behalf. Right? So when I complete the test, you receive the promise. Do you understand that? How many of you know Jesus did not go to the cross for himself? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Don't, don't say for me. He went for you too. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Yeah, for us. That's better. Don't say for me as if I'm the only sinner around here. He went for you too. So Jesus went to the cross for us. Now why, do, why are we comfortable living below what Jesus had paid the price for? So it's like the man paid the price for us and says, Now... Everything you ever require to get that money has been accomplished. So Jesus Christ, sorry, Apostle Paul says, All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen through us. Meaning that in Him there is no no. It's yes. I read a scripture and I'm thinking about that. Jesus Christ said, well, up until this time you've not asked anything, but now the time is coming when you will ask so that your joy might be full. Like, he just wants our joy to be full. He wants us to be happy. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so, let's, let's go here now to Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Okay. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That means the greatest, this is very important, the greatest thing that God could ever give to you is the gift of his son dying for you. That's the greatest. Everything else is not as important as the gift of his son. You know, sometimes when people look at, look at God or talk about God or relate to God, they relate to God as if he's very, you know, wicked, he's just looking for a way to punish us, he's just looking for a way to, you know, it's almost like God is so wicked we can even hardly please him. But you must understand that God sent his son, in fact, himself in the in the nature of his son to the earth to die for us to pay the price for us to have salvation now if we have had salvation which is the most important thing in the scriptures and in the, the most important thing in the whole of creation then a job is nothing for God to give to you 
Then a car is nothing for God to give to you. Then a healing is nothing for God to give to you. Are, are you following what I'm saying? He will freely give us all things. He will freely give us, give us all things. <clears throat> how do we see that grace has made it available? So the question is, how do we experience these things that have been freely given to us? Faith. Faith. Now, that's where what I want to share with you today comes into play. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And we know the will of God in the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And we know the will of God in the word of God. So how do I know God wants me to have something as said in his word? How do I know God wants me to experience healing? I can see it in his word. If I see it in his word, that means it is his will. You cannot separate a man's will from his word. Whatever a man says is what he actually wills. Are you following what I'm saying? So in God's word, we find God's will. So a man cannot know God's will if he does not have the time to spend in the word of God. The teaching of God's word is actually the expansion of God's will to you. Or God's will for you. Or God's will towards you. So faith begins where the will of God is known. And we know the will of God in the word of God. Now the word of God is more sure. It has been tried and it has been tested. So the word of God does not fail. There's nothing like saying, I have tried the word, it's not working. No, you don't need to try it. It's already tried. You act on it. Right? Are you still here? Okay. Imagine somebody cook, finish cooking. It's cooking a plate of rice, right? And I know some of you like rice so much. And uh, you go to the house and then they serve you the food. And you say, oh, well, you want to cook it. You don't need to cook it. It's cooked. All you need to do is to act on it. How do you act on it? You eat. You see, that's the reason why a lot of believers are not getting things from God. They're always trying to do something. Act on the word. Act on the word. The word is already tried. Let's look at two scriptures. Let's look at two scriptures. Go with me to Psalm 18 verse 30. Psalm 18 and verse 30. And that's why I, I, I try to say in the faith seminars, keep your eyes on the word. Look at your Bible. If you have a Bible, you cannot underline. Get a new one. Alright? Even if it's on your iPad or your phone, get something that you can highlight. Get a Bible that you can underline. Keep your eyes on it. Don't always uh, depend on the slide. I know some of you are disappointed today because you just strolled in. Psalm 18 verse 30. Look at it. Look at Psalm 18 verse 30. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a seal to all who trust in Him. I want you to look at that. The word of the Lord is proven. It has been tried. The word of God has been tried. It's proven. You see, that means that you don't need to try the word. The word is tried already. You act on the word. If God says, walk in love, 
You don't need to say, oh, if I walk in love, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't need to know what's going to happen. You act on that by walking in love. If God says forgive, what do you do? You forgive. You don't need to try to see what you're going to get if you forgive. You act on the word. Because the word of God is already tried. It is proven, the scripture says. It is proven, the scripture says. So there's nothing like, I'm trying to prove the word of God. You don't have to try to prove it. You act on the word. As if it's true, because it is true. So it means, if the word tells us, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in him, it means they are yes and amen. We don't need to try to figure out if they are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. Why? Because the word of God has been proven. Are you following this? So the word of God is tried. It's proven. The word will always work. If the word is not working, it's not a problem of the word, then it's something that has to do with me. If the word of God is not working, it's not... I don't know why it's not working. Maybe something is wrong with the word. No, nothing is wrong with the word. The word has been proven. So if I get into a situation in my life where I say the word of God is not working, what happens is then I'm checking myself. Why is the word not working? Because the word, it has been proven. The word has been tried. Let's look at another scripture. Um, Psalm chapter 12 verse 6. Psalms chapter 12 and verse 6. Psalm 12 verse 6. Look at this. The words of the Lord are pure words. Like silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. That means they have, they have gone through as much testing as the word of God should go through. So one of the things you must realize is that we are not trying to see if the word of God is going to work. The word of God works. Praise God. I said praise God. You know sometimes, I know most of you have been sick at one time or the, or the other. Every one of us have experienced sickness. You know, we have faith in the doctors more than we have faith in the word of God. Okay? So let me explain something to you. If you go meet the doctor and the doctor says you have XYZ sickness and they give you two tablets, uh, three tablets, four tablets, they, they, they usually never give one tablet. They always have to, you take these, you take these, take this for your eye, take this for your blood, take this for your nose, and take this for your hair, take this for your senses. <laughs> and you say, oh, take this so you can eat. And they don't ask you if you have food. They say, just take it so you can eat. And oh, I'm feeling dizzy. Oh, take this so you can see clearly. Uh, I can't sleep at night to take this so you can sleep. So they give you a bag full of drugs. And they say, take these at 7 o'clock, take these at 9 o'clock, take these at 6 o'clock, whatever o'clock you have to take it. You know, what do we do when we take the first one at 4 o'clock? Right? Just take like those many drugs, capsules, thin ones, fat ones, black ones, green ones. You take everything. And someone calls you. You say, oh, well, we've gone to the hospital. They're giving us drugs. Let's say there is a wedding. I don't know, most of you like weddings or birthday party or funerals. I don't know how people like funerals. Some people like funerals. It's because there's free food there. 
And then they say, oh, there's a funeral, or there's a wedding, or there's a birthday party next month. What are you going to tell the person? He's going to say, hey, are you going to be able to come? What are you going to tell the person? Yeah, I'm going to come. Because I was sick, I'm sick, and, uh, but I'm already taking my medicine. You know that by next month, you're going to get well. Right? You tell the person, I am coming. What's that? That's faith. But faith in what? <laughs> faith in what? Faith in the, the medicine or the pharmacist or whatever you're taking. And then you don't go back the next morning after taking the medicine. You don't go back the next morning to the doctor and say, Well, doctor, I took the medicine, but nothing is happening. You don't do that. Even when there's a tendency to do that, you say, Let's just still try. Let's just still finish the drugs. And the drugs is two weeks. You're patient. But if a pastor comes and lay hands on you, right? And we, we, let's say we have a healing seminar and say, In the name of Jesus, you're healed. And then you walk back and you feel the symptoms, you carry the phone. Uh, I don't know what happened, but after the prayer, I can still feel the pain. What's that? What's that? That's unbelief. And you know the reason why? Because you cannot see the healing power. You cannot touch the healing power. The fallen man can relate to something that, he, that can be touched and can be felt. And that's why, glory to the name of the Father. That's why, said the word which we have handled the word which we have touched you must come to a place in your walk with God where if you see something from the word of God it's as real in your life as if you've touched it as if you've handled it it's so real in your heart we're talking about our internal image now because the reason why you believe the doctor, for instance, if, 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 if Brother Kiki is a doctor, and this brother is a doctor, and this brother is a doctor, and this brother is a doctor, and we, let's say we've got four doctors in the church, alright? And they say, this one's schooled in uh, University of Benin, and this one's schooled in University of Unsuka, and this one's schooled in University of Benin, but this one went to Harvard, alright? And this is what's going to happen. And then you say, oh, you need to get healed of a sickness. And they say, these two doctors, which one do you want to see you? You are the one with Harvard. Because you can relate to that, that he's more learned. Are you following what I'm saying? Or let's say this guy is black and this guy is white. You know, in your mind, you just feel that whites are better than black. You prefer the white doctor. <laughs> so human beings can always relate to that. So that's why sometimes faith in God's word is difficult for us. Because we really cannot, apart from your Bible, you probably cannot touch anything else. That's why it has to be by faith. And that's why you must constantly stay in the place of faith. Because unbelief and doubt can easily creep into your life. So the word of God has been proven. It has worked. Hallelujah. Now let's quickly go on now. What's the definition of image? One of the definitions I saw was a mental picture or an impression of something. A mental picture or an impression of something. Now, I want to give you two stories quickly. Some of you have heard the story before. We published this magazine about a lady pilot who flies an airplane, a Rwanda lady pilot. And, you know, I published it, wanted you to use it to motivate the young people. And then I had to go on this mission trip to a certain country. And... Uh, the flight was delayed like four hours. So they brought this big Boeing 777 plane, big plane. And he said, well, let's all get in. So maybe they put like two 
to time flight inside our big plane. So the pilot came out and she was apologizing to us. Like, oh, I'm sorry, this plane is leaving late. And when she came out, she was not very tall. I didn't say she was short. I just said she was not very tall. And in my mind, I was like, no way. There's no way. This is not the lady who is going to fly this plane. You know, I unconsciously, I, have, I mean, this story is so, so strong in my heart. I have her pictures. I, I, I took a picture with her. And, I mean, if, if you see the picture, when I held her this way, she was like somewhere here. And in my mind, I'm like, is this the lady who is going to fly this big plane down there? And, you know, I began to pray in the spirit. Okay? Now, why was I praying in the spirit? Clearly, I was afraid. But do you know it would have been different if it was a man? Because somewhere in my head, I just feel that a man will know what she's doing. Now, this woman, I'm not sure. But one month ago, I just published a magazine to encourage people that women can fly planes. So what that simply means is that I did not really believe what I published. With my mouth, I said I believed it, but the image in my heart did not believe it. Do you, do you get the, where I'm going to now? So this is it. We're going to, we're going to follow this up and, and you will enjoy it. This is it. There is something you're saying with your mouth, but your heart really believes something else. So you can say, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And they pray for you. And in your heart, you're like, no. Ah, if it was this prophet in Lagos by now, I would have been healed. Because in your mind, you just, ah, this guy is not that powerful. Are you following what I'm saying? So the question today is, what image is in your heart? You know, you can walk up to people who, in, in court, are very wealthy, and the image you're carrying in your heart to them is, I'm the poor who needs help. And yet, you just finish praying and say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. You know, when we get to that place, we say, by Christ Jesus, but in our heart, by our uncle in shell. <laughs> you understand that? Do you understand that? So even when we are praying, oh God, I need to pay my house rent. Oh God, you know, I need to wrap up this prayer quickly because I need to call on Kuba It. So in your mouth you're saying, I know God should supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But in your heart you're saying, I know God can supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by my uncle. Am I right? That's the image that's dominant in your heart. That's the image. You know, people can just walk up to church and say, if I go to that church, I'm going to get help. That's the image in your heart. Some of you feel if you were born in another country, you would have been more successful. That's the reason you are suffering. You know, when I was in school, I had all these people who are always like, you know, if we go to this country, if we, I, I, have, I mean, God is my witness. I have never felt my life would have been better if I'm in another country. Do you know the reason why? If God can't prosper me here, what tells me he can prosper me there? Let me just give you a, a small example. You know here you can just put a store somewhere outside there. Nobody will ask you anything. Even when the local government people come, you just say, ah, my brother, I say, oh, I'm from uh, these people families. Okay, just bring 1,000. They will allow your store. Have you gone, have you seen abroad where they knock shops everywhere? So the tendency for you to even start a small business here is better. The, the risk, no, not the risk. The percentage of you succeeding here is far higher. Why is it that all your friends abroad are only sending you pictures? 
Why are they sending you pictures? Oh, we went here, we went here. No, it's not easy. You pay for light, you pay for water, you pay for... You know, here you can park anywhere. Nobody would... Maybe once in a while, they'll just jack your tire. You can even beg them. You know, and even if you don't pay them, after the, the car is there for life, they will now call you. Please come and carry your car so that they can see space to jack other cars. You can live almost for free. You can start a ministry anywhere. I remember a friend of mine who had a ministry and as the church was growing, the police came and said, you can't do church here anymore. Because the number of cars you have, the number of exit doors, the number of emergency doors is more than the... So he had to split his services because there's a number of people that can stay in the room. You know, we can put 1,000 people here. The government does not care. They will even be happy. Churches will build massive churches, no car park. Nobody will ask you anything. You can park along the road. They'll say, we are taking over. (laughs) That's foolishness, you know. But what I'm trying to say is, but somewhere in our mind, we just feel that if we get to the other country, then our life will be better. And that image can stop the prosperity of God for you in this land. You keep struggling and you're like, nothing is working. No, nothing will work because you don't believe that things will work. That's what you really believe. But when you get to church in the morning, oh, miracle worker, you are the miracle worker. But your heart is like, I wish they just give me this visa. I wish they just give me this visa. The scripture says, the double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord. Am I against going abroad? Absolutely no. If it's in the Lord's purpose for you, you will not even struggle with it. Are you following what I'm saying? So the internal picture that we have in our hearts. So let's look at this now. The scripture says, Keep your heart, guard your heart above all else, for out of it are the issues of life. I want to read five translations. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the curse of your life. English Standard Version. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. King James Bible. Keep the heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Holman Christian Standard Bible. Guard your heart above all else. For it is the source of life. The NET Bible. Guard your heart with all vigilance. For from it are the sources of life. Aramaic Bible in plain English. Keep your heart with all caution. Because from it is the outgoing of your life. God's word translation. Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Dear Ruby Bible, with all watchfulness, keep thy heart because life issued out from it. Young English trans- translation. <clears throat> Above every child, keep thy heart for out of it are the outgoings of your life. So it tells us that what is really determining the pace of your heart, of your life, sorry, it's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. So faith is of the heart. Belief is of the heart. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me, let me just say this quickly. Some of us have a lot of fears. Growing up, I had the fear of, uh, of, uh, of heights. I don't like heights. So when my friends used to go climb the mango tree, I always stay, I'd always find an excuse to be the ones to stay to catch the mangoes down because I don't really want to climb. Now, how did that just come? Just being afraid of falling. And then you see some children, they'll climb on the fence, they'll run on the fence, they're not afraid. Alright? Now, fear is a, very, is a very powerful thing. Fear is actually the opposite of faith. Fear is very powerful. Like, I don't like dogs. Alright? 
I have literally stayed out of homes where there are dogs. I don't go there. Now, I don't use my faith for dogs. I use it for something else that's very important in my life. But I don't go there. I mean, I, I went to one of uh, Pastor France, the place is my mentor's house in South Africa. They've got this small dog. So, very, very small dog. Very, very small. But when I saw it, I said, no way. So, they have to, every time I go in there, they just lock up the dog. But the dog is very, I mean, literally the dog is so small that if I kick it, I'm not sure it will still be alive. But fear is so powerful that as far as that fear is in my heart, that dog is bigger than me. Do you understand? So truly, my life is not controlled by the fact that I'm big and I'm a man of God. It's controlled by the fear of faith in my heart. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So if I'm afraid that this sickness is going to kill me, it doesn't matter the treatment I get, I'll never get healed. Because my real life is from what's in my heart. If I believe that I'm poor in my heart, there's nothing I do that will ever work because my real heart's going. Remember what we read? Out of your heart are what? The issues of your life. So that's why he says, keep your heart without diligence because whatever gets into your heart will ultimately determine the outcome of your life. And meanwhile, you can see a small boy, like the small guys, like, I mean, this is very funny. I shouldn't say it. It's embarrassing, but very funny. So the last house I went, they, they like dogs a lot in South Africa. I don't know why they do that, but they just like dogs. So the last house I went to stay, this got this big dog, right? And that one is a no-go area. In fact, once I drive, once they bring me in, I'll stay in the car until I'm sure they don't have to tell me that, oh, we've kept it away. I, I see it with my eyes. And they lock the dog. Now, this is very funny. The guy who comes to lock the dog is my son's age. Jesus said, as I said, it's embarrassing, but it's the truth. <laughs> so, imagine, as big as I am, I get into the compound, I stay in the car, and call someone my son's age to come lead the dog and lock it up, then I come down from the car. What's, why, why, what's the difference? There is something in my heart about dogs. And there's something in his heart about dogs. Which is two different things. And those two perceptions in our hearts determine the way we look at the dog. I look at the dog like, no way. And it's like, all the dogs know I'm, I'm kind of scared of them. So they always, even if they were smiling before I came, they all just changed their face. Like, we're going to kill you finally. I'm like, oh, no way. Not this time. You understand? And then, because of that perception, my life is generally pulled in that direction. So what do you think <laughs> would make me start relating to dogs? I have to change something in my mind. I'm not willing to do that now, but I have to change something in my mind. You know, somebody has to tell me something different. I have to have a different experience. I have to, you understand? So what I'm trying to say is that the challenges you're facing are not as powerful as you think. What is powerful is the image in your heart. If I can get your image to change, it's a matter of time, the life will align to that. If I can get you to see yourself healed, the sickness cannot stay in your body. If I can get to see yourself prosperous, the death cannot stay in your life. If I can see, if I can make you to see yourself, to see who you are in Christ Jesus. You absolutely walk in victory. 
But if I keep making you to see how your father is out to you, how you're not succeeding because you're cursed, how this is against you, you know what's going to happen? I am, I'm, I'm developing the image of fear. Do you, do you understand that example? Do you understand that example? Okay. So I use another example. Alright? If you really understand, it will change your life. Okay? Let's take this water, for instance, the, the Bonnie Island water, right? Now, I remember one day I got on the boat, I went to the, to the jetty, and I didn't have a tag, so I just, oh daddy, I got angry. You know, there are certain times you should not get angry for your own safety. So I just got angry. Ah, what is this? Okay, let me go and use the local boat. <laughs> Man, the experience was terrible. Very, very terrible. I just told myself since that day, if they don't give me tag, I'll just come back home. Whatever I want to go and do, that's their business. But you know, there are some guys who just jump on the thing. Like, they will even just call you, ah, I'm on the boat now. The next time they call you, we're in Portacot. Two images. So sometimes the image of our heart can be formed from experience. You can have a particular experience. Oh, I pray this is not happen. Our prayer doesn't always work. Your experience can be wrong. Are you following what I'm saying? And your experience is not totally the truth of the matter. I, I, I don't know if you, if you get what I'm saying. Okay, so let's look at two things quickly. Let's go to, we'll read two stories and then we can begin to wrap up. Have you gotten something today? Say amen if you have. Okay, let's quickly look at Genesis 17. One from the old and one from the new. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 15 to 20. Genesis 17. If you read from Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis chapter 16, God had promised Abraham about um, children and all that. But Genesis chapter 17 and verse 15 to 20, it says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. And I'll bless her, and also give you a son by her. Then I'll bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Verse 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old, and shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child. Verse 18, and Abraham said to God, oh that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, Sarah your wife shall bear a son. I want you to observe what happened in this verse. Particularly verse um, verse what? Verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face a lot and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Can you see that Abraham was saying two things? When he fell on his face and laughed, he said something in his heart. But when he was talking to God, he said something else. He said, Oh, shall Ishmael live before you? And in his heart he has said, At this age, can I, have, can I give birth to a child? So you see, the image on his heart was childlessness. The image on his heart was the barrier that um, Sarah cannot give birth to a child. That's the image on his heart. So when he fell face on the floor, that was the conversation he was having in his heart. But when he was talking to God, he said something else. And most of us are like that. Most of us are like that. We have a particular conversation in our hearts. But yeah, when we are praising God, we are like, oh. You know, it's like we say, you are a miracle worker. And then, when we close the door, we are like, no way. Even if God wants to turn the whole world, 
I'm not sure this thing is going to happen. That conversation on your heart is the real image that you have. And that is what will determine the things you experience in life. Now, I want to read two scriptures in the New Testament and then we can close. Let's go to Acts chapter 7 verse 39 and then we'll read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Acts chapter 7 and verse 39. Acts chapter 7 and verse 39. And I found this very interesting. Acts 7 39. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting blessed? Say amen if you're getting blessed. Hallelujah. Alright, Acts chapter 7 and verse 39. It says, Whom our fathers, talking about the children of Israel, whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. Saying to Aaron, I want you to observe something. Please, don't miss here. In, in the next couple of minutes we'll be done. They turned back in their heart. How did they turn back in their heart? Saying. So it means that the image of your heart is what you're going to speak forth. But I want you to observe something. The Bible says they turned back in their heart. So this is what's going on. The children of Israel, they, they, they walk in this way. They're like, we're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. But in their heart, you guys are going back to Egypt. So they're walking forward physically, but in the image of their heart, those guys are returning. Now, let's assume the scriptures did not give us this story. Would like say, ah, why didn't they get to Egypt? Why didn't they get to the promised land? Ah, the devil was so powerful. The devil stopped them. You know, their generational curses stopped them. Their father's household stopped them. Whatever, whatever stopped them. But we did not know that what they got was the image in their heart. How did we know the story? Go to the book of Numbers. They said, these people are like grasshoppers. And God says, as you've spoken unto my ears, so shall I do unto you. So what prevented the children of Israel from getting to the promised land was not the giants. It was what they had in their hearts. What stops you from walking the promises of God is not because you are in Bonnie Island. It's not because you are in Port or Lagos or London or US or South Africa or any, any physical country. What's more powerful is the image in your heart. Now let's look at another woman and let's see how she got her healing. The same way we can receive anything we want from God. Mark 5.25. You, you should know the story. The woman with the issue of blood. You've heard it so many times. If I would read about this woman so much, we should feel sorry for her. Even any preacher who doesn't know what to say just goes to the woman with the issue of blood. Mark 5.25. Mark 5.25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years she was bleeding. It's a long time to bleed. And had suffered many things from many physicians. This tells us that physicians do not have the solution. They can help, but they don't have it. Because if they had it, they would have given it to the woman. So she spent all her money. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And this is very interesting as you read the story. Like, oh man, the woman is looking for help. She's not getting better. She's getting worse. And she's, you know, spent all her money. Then, when she heard about Jesus. Now, what does the Bible tell us about faith? How does faith come? I didn't hear you. How does faith come? By hearing. So that means whatever you are hearing is depositing something in your life. Either faith or fear. Am I right? 
Let's imagine you want to travel to, to Lagos. And then you read in the news. 600 people dead in Lagos. What are you going to do? You're going to say, well, I'm postponing my journey by one week. Why are you postponing your journey? You heard something. See, nothing you hear leaves you the same. Nothing you hear. Whether the news or... Nothing you hear leaves you the same. Including a casual story you even heard in the saloon. You might not think it's anything. But you know, as you go home, what's going to happen? The image of that story starts coming. I've, I've always asked myself this question. I don't know why it happens. That's one of the reasons I told myself I'll, I'll trust God to... I mean, when you enter public buses, have you ever experienced when you enter public buses, somehow, somehow, before that journey ends, people talk about accidents? Have you experienced it? They just pass on and say, ah, someone, there must be somebody there. Ah, that's how two weeks ago, Iveco just assaulted. I don't know why. I mean, and then we just prayed for safe journey. But why don't we talk about people that arrived? And then as that one finished, you hear more stories, you hear even the ones that are not true. There are some, as you're hearing, you know, this story is not true because the things are not adding up. But you know, you must say something. <laughs> and unconsciously, because you don't want to appear as the old man out, what happens? You just join them to say your own too that you heard. You know, someone sent me something today. It's, it's quite a senior person, but he sent me something. Uh, today is whether uh, prostate cancer awareness, send it to men around you, you can use it to preserve life. So I sent back to him, I said, no, what I spread is that there's power in the name of Jesus to heal. I don't spread the awareness of cancer, I spread the awareness of healing. And he's quite an elderly man, I said, I'm sorry, but I, I won't share that. So I was surprised. Later this evening, he sent me a message. He said, thank you so much for that correction. Sometimes it's amazing how we share things without thinking on social media. I know some of you don't even read. You just say forward. You just forward. Including the one that says, the, one, the person forwarding to you now is dead. You will also forward because you don't read. In fact, if you send me anything and you say forward to, immediately you put it, I will not. The prerogative to forward the things I read is my choice. Then when you now put, if you don't forward, oh, that one, you know that is, that that's, that's, that means delete it completely and block me. That's what that means. When you say if you don't forward, somebody did not forward, God killed that person. That, what that simply means is block me eternally. What nonsense. How did I get here? Information. The things you read. So this woman heard about Jesus. What did she hear about Jesus? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He heard that about Jesus. Now see what happens. What's the next line? Look at what happens. For she said... No, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Can you see that this woman received her healing before she touched Jesus? She didn't get her healing when she touched Jesus. In fact, the word in the Greek actually means she kept saying she kept saying to say to speak to affirm to command to direct to call out by name to speak out or to mention so it's like when the woman heard about jesus she just told herself okay come on if i can get to jesus i'll be healed if i can get to jesus i'll be made well if i can get to jesus i'll be made well so you know what 
why she was saying all of that. Remember what we read in the book of Acts chapter 7. Right? They turned back to Egypt saying. So that means that whatever is in our hearts is what we say. Now, we can also change things in our hearts by our confession. That means if we keep saying the word of God, over time, the word of God will change what is in our heart. So you know what this woman kept doing? She kept saying, the day I see Jesus, the day I taught Jesus, that day is the day I receive my healing. And you know what happened? That's exactly what happened. Because the image she took to that meeting is the image of healing. She didn't say, let me try this Jesus. She didn't say that. She says, if I can touch the hem of his garment. But you know what? Do you know there were many people touching Jesus that day? That he didn't get healed. Why didn't they get healed? There was no image in their hearts. Let's just try this one. That's why you see, you can be in a ministry and receive healing. You can be in a ministry and not receive healing. You can be... What you receive from my teaching is not my anointing. What you receive from my teaching is the faith you place in what I'm teaching you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like I'm more anointed one day and the other day I'm not anointed. No, the anointing is constant. But you determine how much virtue you get out of that anointing. So, you know, someone can listen to your message and say, Oh, God, you bless me so much. Oh, you bless me so much. And someone else can listen to that message and say, I don't understand. Where did this guy go to school? His English is not fluent. What's happening? Both of them are looking for different things. Are you following what I'm saying? So by constant speaking, we alter the image in our hearts. Let's wrap this up. Five ways we can get the images in our heart to change. Number one, get the scriptures that promise you what you desire or what you want or what you're believing in God for. Get the scriptures. Trusting God for healing, get the scriptures on healing. Trusting God for finances, get the scriptures on finances. You're so afraid of traveling, get the scriptures of protection. You're afraid someone's going to stop you in the street and beat you up. Get the scriptures that the angels of the Lord around you. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, just get that. People can be afraid of many things. You're afraid you're going to pour, be poor the days of your life? Well, get the scripture on the one that tells you that God is going to prosper you. Amen. Get the scriptures that promise you what you want. Number two, spend quality time to meditate on them. Don't just read them. Meditate on them. Spend time on them. Until they overtake your consciousness. Until it becomes an image that is imprinted in your heart. This is not going to just be a one day thing. Oh, okay, I've read the message now. Oh, my gosh, has blown my knees. No, 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 no. Spend time on that. What does it mean to meditate, to hugger, to speak, to mutter to oneself, to roar? Spend time on that word. Spend time. When I mean spend time, literally spend hours on that one verse of scripture meditate on it what happens is like you're looking into the perfect law of liberty by the spirit of the lord you'll be transformed into that same image praise god number three get your ears plugged into the message of faith in that area that's why you should get messages right you know i've made all my messages free right now you don't need to pay to get them but there are many people that will not take advantage of them Listening to messages is not an optional way to live. It's a compulsory way. You must plug your ears with the word of faith. My wife can testify. Sending times when we need finances in this ministry, we need to get something done. I'm believing God for finances. I get all my teachings that talks about the subject of prosperity or finances. Get some ministers that I respect in that area. 
I'll just put it on. I'll just put it on. Sometimes they're prophesying and I'll stand up, I'll receive it. I'll walk, I'll dance around the house, rejoice, speak in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost, receive the money in. <laughs> Sometimes they can put certain camp meetings. And maybe it's something that happened in 1998. But how many of you know the word of God does not have an expiry date? Amen. I can listen to a prophecy given in 1980 something and say it's mine. Amen. I don't say, oh, well, that prophecy was 30 years ago. No, prophecies do not have expiry dates until they are manifested. Amen. So I lay hold on the word and I begin to see the finances coming. I remember one time I just felt symptoms of sickness. I just, I mean, God, so it's like, oh, what do I do? I get on healing tapes. I start listening to healing school. Start exercising my faith in that. Get your ears plugged with the message of faith. Get CDs. Get materials on your phone. Get it on. Put it on. Play it. Don't saturate your house with the word of God. This thing is between life and death. Don't play with it. I've gone to some of the people I pastor. I've gone to their houses. And I see them watching a particular TV station. I wouldn't like to mention because the messages go far and wide. So someone will say, and then you met, you're watching the TV station and every testimony you are hearing, oh, I used to eat charcoal for 10 years until I came here, I stopped eating charcoal. Uh, my business used to grow and then I married this woman and then my business stopped growing. And you're just watching that 24 hours. You know what is going to happen? You're going to either start eating charcoal or your business is going to start coming down. That's not, that's not the word of faith. That's not the word of faith. How many minutes did Jesus spend with devils in the scriptures? Very little. What did Jesus spend his time doing? Teaching. Get teachings into your spirit. Turn off Telemundo for a while. You know, some of you just watch those Mexico people. And they, you know they're not the ones speaking the English. But you are laughing. And you know the latter is, I don't know how you enjoy that. I'm not saying don't enjoy your life. But there are more serious things to pay attention to. You know, literally sometimes you get onto a house and realize for three days the TV has not been on. And we've got a DSTV. That means we have access to all the channels we want to watch. But there's no time. Because, <laughs> I remember one time I was joking with my family. I said, if I spend time watching this TV, I will not have the money to be putting on the TV. Do you understand that? It's costing me so much to put on the TV for you guys to watch cartoon. It's because I'm spending my time in the word of faith. If I was spending my time watching cartoon like you, we all be running in the house now. Broke. That means that I am giving quality time to that scripture until I cannot see myself sick anymore. I see myself healed. Even when the sickness is on my physical body, my spirit is as healed as ever. You know what is going to happen? It's a matter of time the sickness will fall off. Every believer, listen to me, every believer that gets in the word of God can get healed of any sickness without the help of a pastor or without the help of a minister of God. Every believer that gets into the word of God can get prosperous without the help of anybody just sticking to the word. Every believer that gets into the word of God can be supernaturally protected without the help of a police. Every believer that gets into the word of God will come back with absolutely a testimony that the word works. 
But renewing your mind is going to cost your time. You have to decide if you are going to give yourself that time. I know one thing I told myself. You see something? I'll, I'll say this here. It might be a bit harsh, but it's the truth. If you get sick in your body, right? I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to minister healing to you. But I'm not the one who is getting sick. It's you. <laughs> it's your body. I, can, I can't love you enough to the point that I say, okay, well, give me your sickness for a while. Let me take it for two days. I will not do that. I love you, but not to that extent. Do you understand? I mean, God forbid you're going somewhere, something happens to you. It's not me, it's you. Hey, people can say, oh, that your pastor is not very powerful and all that. After one month, they'll forget. Something else will come, they'll just forget. Another incident. They'll start talking about another pastor. I'll still be here. So, this is a personal responsibility for your own life. Are you following what I'm saying? A personal responsibility for your own life. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Lastly, once the heart believes, the mouth would speak and affirm the same scripture. Once it's in your heart, naturally come out of your mouth. Verse 5, faith works with patience. Whatever you need, start believing for it early enough. I have started believing and praying for the things I need next year. I've started out. I started out a couple of weeks back. I started praying about next year. And some of you are waiting till January to December 31st. Five minutes to 12. You're already late. Your rent is expiring this month. This is the month you're paying about rent. And you haven't trained your faith enough. You are anxious. You are praying. You are anxious. You are praying. You are complaining. You are praying. You are grumbling. You are praying. You are begging. You are praying. If your life is planned out, you should know what you're believing God for in the next couple of months. And what happens? You start praying about them. Right now, you should be speaking words about your old age. Right now. Oh, Pastor, I'm only 34. This is when to start. That means you have 30 years and 60 years of faith confessions. It's not when the bones are already knocking together. You now say, my bones are strong. My bones are strong. It will be harder for you. Right now. <laughs> right now when the bones are still strong, this is when you say in the name of Jesus. In my old age, there is no arthritis in my body. My, do you understand that? It's not when you are struggling. They are holding you. You now say, I can walk. I can walk. Even you. You know that <laughs> this confession is late. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait before you speak over your children. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't have to wait. Every time when I get up, I say in the name of Jesus, the wisdom of God is at work in me. I know what to do at every time. I don't wait till I say, hey, I'm confused. I'm confused. No, I'm not confused. I'm confused. You're already confused. That's one word you should never use for yourself. Never say that you're confused. The wisdom of God is at work in your life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the revelation of your word. Right now, I want you to receive by faith whatever you need. If you need healing in the name of Jesus, you receive your healing right now. If you need finances, you need open doors, whatever you need, you lay hold on it by faith right now. I don't need to lay hands on you. You lay hold on it by faith. You lay hold on it by faith and say today is the last day that that sickness stays in my body. That in the name of Jesus, I receive my healing by faith. I receive this opening by faith. I receive death cancellation by faith. 
The faith seminar is to train you to walk in the promises of God for your life. Well, let's go ahead right now and receive by faith whatever you need. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, in the name of Jesus, I come into agreement with you and I speak the healing power of Jesus over you. I speak the miracle walking power of Jesus over you. And I decree that in the name of Jesus, you receive your healing and you are made every withhold from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I decree in the name of Jesus that deaths are supernaturally cancelled. I decree in the name of Jesus that the wisdom of God for your finances are released. I decree that your ministry is going forward. I decree that your family is stabilized in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that by the anointing of God in this atmosphere, the glory of God is released upon your life and the blessing is at work in you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's make this declaration. Say in the name of Jesus, I receive by faith in Christ what grace has made available. Say it one more time. Say in the name of Jesus, I receive by faith in Christ what grace has made available. Because the Son has set me free, I am free indeed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, I condemn in judgment. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Son has set me free. Therefore, I am free indeed. We receive this by faith in Christ because grace has made it available in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. And we receive by faith in Christ what grace has made available for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng.